Blog Talk Radio. Hello out there. My name is Sam Maxwell, and you are here with the Bedford and Sullivan Podcast, the podcast that keeps you, the audience, active listeners in the research process of the Brooklyn Dodgers TV series I'm developing. Today, I am happy to be joined by not only a fellow screenwriter, but a diehard through and through, screenwriter Ron Bain. How are you doing, Ron? I'm okay, Sam. How are you today? Oh, glad to have you here. And, and before we get into the, the meat of the, the podcast, I uh, just wanted to see what you're working on right now. Well, I'm working on a couple of things. I, um, besides, uh, I'm doing a Brooklyn script that I'm, I'm actually doing on my own that I've, I'm developing. Um, uh, it's a story about a, an aging California sports writer who, uh, after uh, Duke Snyder died, uh, he died in, in 011. Um, he uh, he starts to get his memories going of uh, being a kid and a Brooklyn Dodgers fan, and he travels to New York to see his attorney and visits the bar where he and his uncles and his grandfather all watch the 55 World Series together. So he kind of gets uh, gets back to his childhood and remembers those magical seven games. Um, working on that, but uh, also just uh, finishing a script with a um, with action director Spiro Rosados. He's uh, Sure, it's quite fantastic. He's uh, he's been the action director on um, you know all the Fast and Furious movies. He's he's working on Fast Seven right now. Um, if a lot of the audience doesn't know about that, but um, uh, I you know I, I've been, I've done a script with him about his uh, childhood uh, when he was a young man. He or a kid. He uh, he taught himself how to be a uh, a stuntman in his neighborhood uh, with all of the uh, the things that go with it. Uh, inspired by his blind, uh, you know, almost homeless father. So it's a it's a wonderful story, a true life story about Spiro's growth uh, into young manhood and his, um, you know, following his dream to be a Hollywood stuntman, and, uh, which he actually fulfilled. Spiro's in his early 50s now, but he spent about 30 years, and he's a director, but he spent about 30 years uh, as one of the top stuntmen in Hollywood. And uh, great guy, <laughs> great to work with. Um, I just finished another script, which is more about car chases and stunts and all that stuff, called Swoop All the Jack, uh, which I've had the privilege of sitting in on, uh, you know, some of the, uh, the the Fast Seven meetings uh, to watch these guys do their thing, and um, which I learned a great deal from, and uh, and being on location on Captain America with Spiro, uh, watching cars crash and sitting in stunt cars, <laughs> just having a great time. I uh, learned a lot and. Uh, so that's that's what I'm working on right now, um, and uh, you know it's 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 all consuming. Yeah, you, know, you work on two or three things at the same time, and and you just keep pushing forward, moving forward, and uh, and uh, you're following that dream. <laughs> exactly, it, it sounds like a, like a blast, and I, I wish you the best of luck with all those endeavors. Thank you. Thank Absolutely, you. and obviously an entire history. Uh, uh, back in back in New York leads up to all this, so let's let's get right into it. Tell us about uh, your your New York roots. I was born in Queens, uh, Richmond Hill, Queens. Uh, we grew up on uh, you know Jerome Avenue. Uh, my grandparents lived on Lefferts and Liberty in Queens, uh, in Richmond Hill, Queens. Uh, all of my family, mother and father, grandparents, they all originated from Brooklyn. Uh, uh, all of my uncles, all their old Brooklyn guys, uh, I remember them dearly, <laughs> and uh, especially during the 55 era. Uh, just, we're all New Yorkers. Uh, you know, I when I was in college, uh, when I got out of the Marines, I um, 
Uh, I was in Vietnam with the Marines. I um, worked at mid- in Midtown Florist in Queens, in Brooklyn, on um, Flatbush and Fourth, selling flowers, selling Christmas trees, delivering flowers to hospitals, all that kind of stuff. Um, but family's very, uh, we're, we're very New Yorkers, um, very much New Yorkers. My Uncle Jerry, who I, I you know, I hold him so dear, he, uh, when I was a little kid, he told me he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. And I always thought he, when I was little, that he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers baseball team. But he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers football team. Uh, a lot of people don't know that there is a Brooklyn Dodgers, or was a Brooklyn Dodgers football team. But um, yeah, a lot of colorful men, a lot of Brooklyn guys, uh, you know, all the stories. Uh, you know, I used to sit around the uh, table and listen to all the men talk about the old days in Brooklyn and, you know, before the war and after the war, things like that. Um, we um, uh, grew up in Queens. Uh, we, My father and grandfather had a bar in Ozone Park, South Ozone Park, which uh, was called the Main Bar. And it was called the Main Bar up until uh, a few years ago. And uh, it's very interesting. Is my, uh, I was at a Met game with my cousin Denard uh, back in the 80s. And, you know, we decided, after the game, we decided on a Saturday, we decided to take a ride over and try to find the main bar. We walked in and, uh, you know, a uh, little place, a little like neighborhood, you know, short beers bar in Queens, that kind of thing. And um, we walked in and uh, there was a fellow in his, I would say, 60s, behind the bar, late 60s. And we started talking and I said, uh, you know, my father and grandfather opened this bar. And he said, uh, are you the grandson of Freddie Main? I said, I am. He said, I remember you're... You've been sitting as an infant, late, late on top of the bar, right where you're sitting right now. So that whole magical New York thing is uh, is very, very with me. Um, grew up, uh, you know, mostly moved out to Long Island to Levittown in, um, you know, after living in Richmond Hill, and then we moved out to West Islip after that. Um, but you know, just as a real New Yorker, I mean, I graduated from NYU, uh, NYU Film School in the '70s. Um, uh worked in advertising in New York uh, for quite some time, uh, got, you know, commercial production, things like that. I ran an ad, an ad department with a couple of companies. And I, um, this was all after film school. Mm. And then I, I just couldn't, um, I couldn't bear doing that work anymore. I had a nice office on 5th and 45th, another one on 5th and 39th, and uh, gave it all up to start writing again. And well, there you uh, go. I did that. And I started going to competitions and everything. I uh, I got hired to do a little work on indie films in New York, doing some screenwriting. Um, I entered competitions, started doing extremely well in the major competitions coming into the, you know, the quarterfinals and semis and all that. And um, moved out to, to Colorado to be with my mom, who was, um, you know, she was quite ill. She had ovarian cancer. I stayed with her, took care of her, and. I started uh, going to the West Coast, uh, getting meetings out here and, uh, and whatnot, and one thing led to another after, my goodness, 20 screenplays. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, you know, and uh, so I'm, I'm actually, you know, I get meetings in studios now and things like that. So it's uh, it's a long haul. You're, you're a writer. You know what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's being good, being true to your work. Uh, persistent, holding on to your vision, and um, and as much integrity as you possibly can in an industry that tends to challenge that. 
But um, okay. mostly at heart. If you walk in my, I live in Carlsbad, California. I'm looking at the ocean now. But, you know, I've got Duke Snyder's jersey on my wall here. I've got a Yankee cap. I've got a Mets cap. I've got a New York Giants cap. And, um, of course, a Brooklyn Dodgers cap. Of course. You know, it's love my bar and stuff like that. So New Yorker at heart, never leaving, leaves me. And um, I'm very proud of that. Well, you brought up uh, the Brooklyn football Dodgers, and it's really interesting that the uh, the Giants are the only ones to, sur- to have survived. Uh, you know, you look at all their records, the New York football Yankees even, and the New York football Dodgers, mm-hmm. they were never all that good, so you can kind of understand yeah. why the Giants, being the storage franchise they are, are the ones that survived. But it's what, what for me, what's so interesting about it, and I mentioned this on, a, on another podcast, uh, that, that the New York football Giants are still called by business name. Uh, legally, the New York Football Giants, and that you know keeps oh, a little really, bit of the yeah yeah. You go into you go into the clubhouse, and it it says the New York Football Giants on there, and it it okay. that baseball root that that New York baseball root is still uh, it's still there with them. <laughs> but well, uh, you know, baseball in in New York are um, you know they you know they they're they're the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. there's such a neighborhood feel to it. You know, all three teams uh, playing in New York, uh, you know, against each other. I mean, some of the great games a lot of people don't remember about Brooklyn were with the Giants. And um, it, it's just, you know, that 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 whole flavor of uh, neighborhood baseball is there. And I'm, I, I'm sure it bleeds over into football. My, my Giant Buddies fans are all Yankee fans, and my Met Buddies fans are all, you know, they're all Jets fans. So that does, seem, that does seem to be the how it works yeah. generally. Although my cousin's a big Mets fan and is a huge Giants fan, so there's certainly exceptions. <laughs> I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. But in terms of it being the neighborhood flair, uh, I have uh, two questions and one question. Number one, mm-hmm. uh, let's let's talk about the first game you ever went to at Ebbets Field, and in general, how would you get to the ballpark from Queens? Well, let me tell you this. I was. Uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> throw a wrench in here. I was. Ne- I never went to a game at Everett Steel because ah. I was too young. Uh, right. But uh, I did go to a game at the Polo Grounds, and I saw Willie Mays hit a home run. <laughs> but, <laughs> never got to Everett Steel, but of course my, um, you know, my uncles they they lived in the place. Uh, you know, I was just too young uh, for the games, but I certainly remember watching the games on television. I, I guess some of my first memories are watching a little like you know, 13-inch television set with Duke walking up to the plate, number four, and and all that. Um, I remember the 55 series, uh, but it was, it's very vague. And But I do remember my uncles and my father and all of them carrying on for an entire week, uh, yelling, screaming, cheering, um, the, red, the red and white Rheingold beer cans all over the, uh, all over the living room. I mean, it was just... Uh, it was just incredible. One of my first memories, really, uh, is 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 that is of the uh, '55 series that I recall. At the, you know, from this um, from this distance, you certainly but, seem uh, to get, when it comes to uh, the younger part uh, of of that era that I'm trying to, to do, 1937 and 1957. You certainly oh get that the major a good amount of, of early memories regards uh, regarding uh, baseball in New York. Oh yeah. Oh, it, 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 it does. It, there's something. I mean, there's just such a connection with the past that um, it, it's hard to uh, it's hard to really describe or explain. I mean, it's just there. It's in your heart. Baseball's in your heart. 
And for our family, my grandfather, uh, Pop, was, uh, I think I mentioned to you in a prior conversation how uh, he, uh, when he was, I believe, nine years old, he was, he was at Edwards Field when they put the cornerstone in. Mm. And, uh, and he and his father had just come from Coney Island, and uh, he had a photograph of himself. And uh, one, uh, someone there said uh, they, they had a time castle. And they asked anybody if they wanted to put um, anything in. And he put his photograph in there. And, uh, and that's a true story. Uh, Pop was, he was not a guy to uh, stretch the truth. Uh, you know, <laughs> unlike other members of our family, with, with being Irish. Uh, but, uh, but Pop was, uh, he was there. He, uh, he told me, he said it was like a hazy day, and he remembers being there. And he was with his father, and uh, he had his knickers on and his tea cap and, and all that. And uh, so we, we go back to the beginning in our family and uh, with, with Brooklyn, and um, it's, just, it's just part of us. Uh, What's so you know, interesting about that day uh, is, is the landscape of the area. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was just starting to really become urbanized. They talk about, about it, it, the nickname of uh, that Flatbush area was Pigtown because there was still a yes. slew of yes. farms there. Uh-huh. Yes, and, and the Dodgers came from the trolley Dodgers, from people chasing trolleys. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's such a, you know, it, I, I still get the chills just, just thinking about it. Uh, you know, we were talking about movies earlier. I, um, you know, I've always been looking for a great Dodger film, and I, I did like 42. I thought it was great. But, you know, I was, I, I've always loved the old ones like Pride of the Yankees, of all things. <laughs> it's probably my favorite baseball movie. Well, you, you can uh, be you can be as against uh, uh, the Yankees as you want, but when it comes to Lou Gehrig, there's something about that man and the class he had, oh, yeah. and, and the way you know what happened uh, with, with him. That you know you can't hate you know you know you can't hate on Lou Gehrig. There's plenty of Yankees you can hate yet. on. Can't hate on Lou Gehrig. <laughs> exactly, and when you're in Yankee Stadium, I mean, you're in this place is sacred ground. I mean, it's just. Uh, you know, I've been to Yankee Stadium quite a few times, quite a few games, uh, but it's, it's you know what happened here. You know, I mean, it's happened here. And, um, you know, and, and you just, you know, again, it's New York. You're a Brooklyn fan, but this, these are the Yankees. You know, they're the heart of New York. The Mets are the heart of New York now. Uh, you know, it's, uh, when you think of the Mets, for example, they, uh, you know, their uniforms, their colors are the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you've got this, it's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing thing. It took me a while to become a Mets fan, but I What's so now. interesting as well about the orange and blue colors is that, uh, uh, hold on, uh, I'm going to have to look this up, whether it's the city colors or the state colors, but the flag oh. of New York is orange and blue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, so I, uh, the, it, goes, it goes all the way back to that, and I'm not sure whether the Mets were the first orange and blue team in the in the area. I'm, I I can't tell you, uh, based off of uh, colored photographs, whether the Knicks were already orange and blue, but um, it's certainly, you know, we, we got the Islanders, we got the Knicks, and we got the Mets as orange and blue around this place. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, one other thing I just remembered that my, my sister had brought it to my attention. I'd forgotten all about it. Um, during the early 60s, my father, um, he knew Pee Wee Reese. They were pals. He, uh, hmm. They used to meet in a bar in Queens, um, uh, Pee Wee, uh, my father, and Dizzy Dean, and uh, I—I remember my father talking about that, but I never—I never made a lot of inquiries about it or anything. And only recently did I 
see that, um, you know, Pee Wee and, and Dizzy were doing a lot of the play-by-plays uh, for the ball games back in the early 60s. So I, I presume there was, you know, they would go out to a saloon after that, <laughs> guys like my father were, you know, <laughs> you know, blue-collar, you know, New York hard hats. Uh, my uncles were like, you know, what was a cop, uh, a Brooklyn cop, but those kinds of guys. And um, and uh, he knew Pee Wee Reese. Yeah, he, he did, uh, which thrilled me. I saw a great video about Pee Wee Reese returning to Brooklyn some years ago. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen that, but it's it's quite magical. What, what was that again? There was a, uh, a video done about, um, I guess it's about 20 years ago now. Uh, Pee Wee was still alive. And uh, he returned to Brooklyn for a visit, and uh, it, it was really wonderful. Uh, and I always, I always loved Peter also. I mean, I know he was like captain of the team and everything, but uh, just you know, he had, he had that little boy thing about him, and uh, you know, he was just another one of the Dodgers. Well, you were mentioning, you know, they were doing play-by-plays in the '60s, and they would, you know, go to the the blue-collar bars, and you know, the baseball players that you and I were talking about in another conversation as well about. Uh, the the ball players being more like blue collar workers as opposed to the yeah. the elite that they are now and and the sixties yeah, you know at tail the tail end of the sixties was when it all it all uh, went the other way. Yep, exactly, uh, and it became what it is. That's why you know that wonderful uh, series that was on uh, I think it was on HBO some years ago uh, uh, when it was a game. Uh, you know you know rings so true. I mean it's all the whole movies of the of the ball. The, the ball players took back in the uh, 30s and uh, early 40s. And, uh, you know, the whole term, when it was a game, rings so true because we know it's a game, and I, I watch it. I, you know, I watch baseball every day. Uh, and But there was a more of a game going on, I think, then. I mean, you had guys out in the fields who weren't wealthy men. You know, they um, you know, they were playing ball for, for their neighborhoods, um, they didn't get traded around. I think I traded, but not around as as prevalently as they do now, following the money. And um, there was just something different going on in those days. And I loved how they left their ball gloves on the field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. It's uh, I'm not sure when that stopped, <clears throat> but that was um, that was that was something that added to the flavor of the game, almost being like a a neighborhood sandlot game or something. Um, um, I think Doris Goodwin put it very well. She said it was like going, you know, walk, going into like, you know, Evans Field was like, you know, just walking into a neighborhood uh, ballpark. You know, you just walked in and went to the game. And um, I, I, I love that. And, it's uh, hard to recreate that now. And I was thinking about the new Yankee Stadium and even the old Yankee Stadium yeah. um, in, in terms of the way it, into the neighborhood around there, uh, and, and the New Yankee Stadium is you, you go out. Uh, I guess it's the left field to exit, and you get yep. these these massive apartment buildings. And I li- I like that about about the uh, the place. The old Yankee, you know, I, I don't actually like the inside of the New Yankee Stadium. I think it's a bland recreation of history. Although I do like the the uh, the hallway when you first enter. But when it comes to the old Yankee Stadium, even the blandness of of the 1970s. Uh, renovation didn't take away from how good of a place it was to watch a ball game. You know, I, I'm a oh, converted yeah. Mets oh, yeah. fan. Uh, you know, so I had I had plenty of. Uh, you know, I was uh, my my first introduction uh, to being obsessed with the game. I was a big Yankee fan going to going to uh, 
uh, in 99, 2000, 2001, going to, uh, you know, at least 15 games a year. And mm-hmm. um, with with City Field, what I like about, you know, Shea Stadium was in the park, and then you had you right. had a parking lot on each side of it uh, and, and green all around. And that that's great and all, you know. But oh, yeah. I love I love the fact that City Field is right next to the chop shops. I like the idea. <laughs> I like that I'm able to see something a little more urban right next to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember you actually said that long walk you had to take to get to the stadium. You know, if you're parked up the avenue, or you know, you had to walk all the way down. You know, I mean, it was it was a bit of a headache. But um, but yeah, I like Shea Stadium, and also uh, you know, the LA Field is uh, the Dodger Field is, is has that kind of a feeling too. It's uh, you know, you have the hills all around. It's kind of nice. It's uh, you know, which probably brings us to an, an LA Dodgers fan. I'm trying to be. It's so difficult. Uh, you know, um, it, it's it's hard. I mean, the Mets just played them and got got whooped, you know? <laughs> and uh, so that was a tough stage for me. But uh, I talked to I talked I mean, to uh, the Dodgers team historian last week, and I uh, uh, Mark Langell, and I I told him that um, you know I'm not gonna that, that's not uh, I'm not gonna give you any uh, uh, you know it was all the Mets there. We let you sweep us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, also I, I think I this year they uh, I uh, had a very nice surprise um, about two months ago. My sister had flown in; she was down in La Jolla, and um, I went down to see her for lunch. And we went to a uh, you know a little old coffee shop, and uh, and I walked and I had my Brooklyn cap on, and we walked in, and, uh, and a guy I would say around I think I was like thirty, so pushing forty or so, and. Uh, he walked up to me and said, are, are, you a, uh, are you a Dodgers fan? I said, well, I'm a Brooklyn fan. And I, I always make that distinction, uh, mm-hmm. which is difficult out here living in California. And uh, not so, but it is uh, for me. And uh, he said, take a look at the wall. And I looked up and he had all of these photographs, old photographs of Ebbets Field and the Dodgers and everything. And he, he said, said LaJoya, right? Pardon me? Uh, LaJoya, right? It's, 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 it's the coffee, the, the coffee shop. It's in La Jolla. It's in La Jolla, yes. We call it. We call oh, La Jolla, excuse me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's just um, well, a little embarrassing, but. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know his great grandfather. He said my great grandfather was the bat boy for the Brooklyn mm-hmm. Dodgers. Right. And I was so thrilled and uh, wonderful guy. And it's like you're constantly running into Brooklyn wherever you go. Yeah. And uh, and and there's there's a magic to that. For me, I, I'm very you know I, I live I live about 30 miles from Duke Schneider's um, you know the cemetery where he's where he's buried his headstone is there, and I'm going to go there in February uh, you know to uh, to visit because he had passed away in February of 11, and um, it's just somehow reassuring that I. <laughs> I live with the 30 miles of the Duke, who was my hero. When I was a kid. Well, that's a good transition. Yeah. Let's let's talk about some of your favorite Duke Snyder memories as a child. Well, uh, you know, just you know, I when he, hearing when he um, hit the last home run out of Evans Field, I thought that was fantastic. Um, you, you know, he, um, you know, in the '55 series, he, you know, he did very well in that hitting home runs. He he was a home run guy. Uh, I never. Um, I never got. I remember hearing a lot of the talk about, you know, how he he had a, a kind of an, you know, uh, a temperament that got on some people's nerves. But uh, 
when I was a kid, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't buy into that at all. I just always couldn't wait for, to see him walk up to the plate. And my vision of him is always just walking up to the plate and me seeing the number four on his back and just hoping he's going to hit a home run. Uh, I don't have any more specifics than that. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. give you a um, specific, like, you know, how Sandy Amaros hit that wonderful ball <laughs> in the seventh game of the 55 series. Mm-hmm. That that was a, you know, that, that was a wonderful feeling. Um, but uh, so I don't have a specifics about Zuki. Zuki was a, you know, he's a great, great uh, fielder. He, he was perfect in that position. Uh, I love to see him catch balls. I love to see him. Um, I, I like his face. I don't know how to describe that. I just like his <laughs> face. He had, you know, it appealed to me as a kid. Uh, and there was something about him. He had that that smile, but he had that seriousness about him all the time that um, that resonated with me as a kid. And uh, and all my father, my uncles, they all encouraged me to, you know, yeah, he's your hero. He's a He's a great guy, and, and we like him, and he's, you know. But but I also like Gil Hodges. Mm-hmm. And I remember my one of my first mitts was a Gil Hodges. I wanted to get a first baseman's mitt. Yeah, a big, odd-looking first baseman's mitt because I like Gil Hodges also. And, uh, but those are my two uh, those are my two main guys. But Duke, of course, was the uh, – he was my hero. Yeah. He was my hero. It's interesting you're, you're mentioning uh, the temper because uh, he does every photo. He has that, you know, Hollywood smile, if you will. He's from California, so yeah. you know, I yeah, certainly use that to describe it. Uh, but yeah, there, there's that. That uh, I, I can't tell you what year it was. Maybe it was '53. Maybe it was '52. But there was he got into uh, you know a fight with the entire fan base. <laughs> I, I, I wish I remember the details. Do you do you have any uh, thoughts on that? No, I, I don't. I, I I do remember that uh, that something that bothered me back then was uh, there. He had said something about well, he was glad the Dodgers moved to California, and um, and I took that entirely the wrong way. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a, here. I'm a kid from Queens. Um, you know, I you know, I, you know, I just didn't buy it. My uncle didn't, but nobody liked it. My father didn't like it. And my grandfather didn't like it, and um, but I, you know, I read you know years later that he he meant that because he he's from California, he just yeah. lives down the road. I mean, and and, and California is his, you know, that's his his home, and um, so it was good for him. Ironically, he went and played for the Mets, though. I mean, right. <laughs> so, In 1963. So, uh, exactly. So uh, <clears throat> the Duke is always is always there. He's uh, he's a part of every team I've I've always. Now I don't love. I don't remember the the exact uh, uh, dimensions of the L.A. Coliseum, but if I remember correctly, the uh, the, the it, it ruined a lot of play, uh, players' power, including Duke. Because they played there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess the I guess, which which way was it? Like two sixty down the line, though, and then the other side it was like three ninety. Yeah, it was something crazy. It wasn't a ball field, and. Right. Um, you know, it just wasn't a ball field. And uh, so a lot of guys, um, they were playing a different game. You know, they were reaching too much, pulling too much. Getting, you know, it's like when these guys, uh, <clears throat> you know, they play the home run derby, they um, they tend to get themselves uh, injured. You know, yeah. and they, uh, you know, they have a hard time uh, for the next month or two. So I think it was a lot of, maybe a lot of that going on. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a baseball player, but, um I think if you would ask them, they'd say, "Yeah, that, that's that's part of the drill." I mean, you're visually looking at something that's odd. You're looking at a football stadium. 
Well, that's what's so so. Uh, one of the things that's so beautiful and different, and I, I guess you could certainly argue in the different, uh, you know, uh, the other side. But baseball is the only uh, uh, team sport, uh, or at least you know, in terms of the the top five in this country, where every single field you're going to have to adjust your game depending on how it's made. Imagine imagine if like some uh, you know you're going to, to uh, play the Denver Nuggets and the basketball was a foot higher. The, the, the hoop was a yeah, foot higher. Yeah. It's like exactly. that. <laughs> you know, so it, it's pretty yeah. remarkable uh, just, just to how, how amazing they, uh, baseball is. Well, you know, it's like when they play in Denver, how, uh, you know, they can, they can bang it out of there. It's yeah. a hitter's ballpark. I and mean, if, you're, if uh, you've been out there, the dimensions are oh, not – the, yeah, the dimensions are not crazy. I mean, you look at it, and if that ballpark's put anywhere else, it's actually a pitcher's park. But the, the ball just shoots out of there. Yeah, it's just that it's a mile high, and um, the air is thin. And uh, but I've gone to quite a few, uh, uh, you know, games in, in Denver, and uh, there it's a great ballpark. Yeah, it's got a great neighborhood feel to it. It's um, I think the same guys who did that didn't they do uh, the Baltimore Stadium? Didn't they? Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I, the the majority of all those new ballparks, including City Field, are are made by uh, by one one firm, one oh, uh, architecture okay. firm. I I don't have the name right off the top of my head, but uh, you know that's what's disappointing about City Field. Although it is very aesthetically pleasing when you're sitting and watching a ball game, uh, but but you know it, I I think it it really says a lot about this generation of Mets because. They they went around. They copied everything else, and you know, <laughs> they kind of they yeah. kind of took took from here and there uh, of all the new ballparks, and, and it, it it didn't cap. You know, they didn't really have this original feel to it when when they first opened, mm-hmm. or a Metzine feel, uh, considering yeah. that, you know everybody had had a, had a slight issue with the fact that there was there was a lot more blue than orange, if you will. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, I haven't been to City Field. Uh, yeah, I used to go to quite a few games at Shea with my cousins and all. I used to live on Long Island, and uh, I lived in Manhattan, and I would take the uh, you know the number seven out. And uh, but uh, he had great seats behind first base. We were constant ducking balls, you know, drinking a little too many beers on a sun on a hot sunny day. But um, <laughs> it was it, 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 I used to love it back then. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, but I, you know, I would love to go to a City Field game. I, I haven't uh, haven't been to one. And uh, actually, uh, speaking of the Mets, the only uh, real championship season I um, I was involved with was when I went to the uh, in '86 when they had the uh, the big parade downtown, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was so exciting. Uh, you know, it just uh, I would love to maybe maybe want to love to have been in Brooklyn when Brooklyn won that series because. Brooklyn just, uh, it just erupted. It just, uh, from what I was told by uh, relatives, friends who were there, that uh, it, it just, you know, it just, it just unraveled. Well, you know, it's the first World <laughs> Series in, in Brooklyn history, the only World Series in Brooklyn yep, history. the only Bro- in Brooklyn and, history. And what's, what's remarkable about it, and you think about it if, in terms of whether or not the Dodgers had stayed, and you think about it in terms of the Mets going down the Canyon de Firos, as they call it, uh, with mm-hmm. the Dodgers, though, they didn't have a Manhattan parade. They didn't have a, a city parade. No. And, and no. You're one, you, you wonder whether that would have stayed the same, whether that would have cha- you know, changed. Obviously, it's all hypothetical, and, and so it's so interesting yeah. the way 
a world can get completely thrown off course or or into another another state of of, of being. Um, but you you wonder about that, and and, and uh, in terms of let's say the Nets win a championship, they're that that's probably uh, my guess is that's probably how it's going to go. It's just going to be a slapper parade. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that probably is, that probably is. But you know, just uh, baseball is. Uh, I you know I like other sports, but I you know, for me baseball is just it, it's just different. It's a it's a it's a game you spend you you sit and watch. It has a leisurely feel to it. Then it gets exciting instantly. Um, you know, you know, there's danger in that you know game also, as we've seen recently with a number of injuries, especially for you know at, at Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, you know that's a projectile flying around the field. It's bulleting around the field, and it can it can hit you, or somebody can step on you. And it's I think in many ways it can be just as dangerous as uh, football, and but in a much more leisurely fashion. Well, the, but, uh, the, 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 the you know with football it's so. Uh, uh, strenuous every single play, whereas baseball, it, it, it kind of leads up to that. Let's say the play at the plate, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty remarkable uh, 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 thing that, that can happen just, just randomly um, that, that you bulldoze over somebody. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I've been, you know, you watch football games with your buddies and stuff. And so everybody watches a football game a little bit more intently. They all sit closer to the, uh, the, the television set if mm-hmm. they can. Uh, whereas baseball, it's like everybody's spread out. <laughs> They're all kind of sitting back watching. Um, and, and then they jump and go crazy when something happens. It's a different kind of a seating uh, thing. Uh, but you also have that anticipation leading up to the one game per week. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a different animal entirely. But I remember, um, I don't know if this is relevant, but, you know, I remember you were saying you live over there in, over in Hell's Kitchen. I remember watching... Um, a Yankee game with my and my friend's uh, grandparents' uh, uh, apartment over there. We, they lived up and around the, well, I think it was on the seventh floor or something. But I mean, it was a hot summer day, and all the windows in the apartment were open, and you could smell the sounds of the smell of the city, and you could hear all the hear all the sounds of the city coming in the window. And we were watching the Yankee game, and I always felt, you know, that that was baseball. Hmm. That was baseball. Just sitting there in a in an apartment, you know, a bunch of men and kids sitting around watching the ball game. The windows are all open. You hear the city outside. You smell the smells. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no air conditioning. It was hot, and um, it was baseball. It's, uh, I remember being on the Long Island Railroad listening to everybody had the games on the radios and stuff during the World Series, <laughs> Yankee World Series or Met World Series. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I love that whole that whole. Uh, the mystique of baseball, that whole ambiance of baseball. Um, you know, you, you just fall in love with, with it. You know, well, it, you just don't get the, the same feeling about the ghosts lingering uh, like you do with other sports, if you will. You know, uh, uh, the the stats are, are constantly following every single yep. player who goes up to the plate. And uh, I think the closest in terms of our, our top five team sports uh, is probably basketball. Uh, because of, of of just some of these players over the years and those those point numbers, but it, it doesn't it, you know in terms of that that three stat line. Even though some stats have have gotten a little uh, more attention lately, and also those those new the new age stats, which I really can't handle. 
uh, you know, you get yeah, the, the average, the home runs and the RBIs, and everybody else is compared to to other players through that. That's right. We also have the movie Moneyball. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And, uh, o- OVP you know, now. OVP is. is... <laughs> I think, you know, baseball, I, I think for me it's, um, when I think of, like, Brooklyn, uh, I think uh, I just think of my my father and my uncles and my grandfather and all these men from that time that um, were so formative in my in my life and you know the names of the ball of, of the Dodgers players kind of it kind of bleeds in with my uncles and father and and all these men and it, they they formed me I mean I became who I am because of that and uh, I. You know, I'm so thankful for it. Uh, you know, I, I think it was, it, for me, it was a special time. Being a kid is a special time for all of us. But, you know, it just was, you know, I heard a term once. It was all so easy then, and it had all come and gone. And um, I uh, I cherish those years. I really do. And the doctor. Uh, that, that's perfect, perfect place to, to leave it. Uh, but okay. although I will, I will have an addendum, though, it's the city flag. That's uh, orange and blue with the seal of New York in the middle of it. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Ron, there thank you very much. Piece of magic. Okay. What, what, what was that? Hi, there goes another little piece of magic for me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Well, Ron, thank you very, very much oh, you for joining. Uh, I, I certainly would like to have you on at another time, and best of luck That's with uh, everything we discussed at the beginning. Thanks very much. You too. Absolutely. And that's our show, everybody. I will be on the Saturday Morning Spectacular. We'll be discussing uh, Larry Doby. So, uh, you know, check Facebook and and, uh, check online for, for that link. So that's our show, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us. Take care.